Welcome to the Chicken Lady and That Gay Farmer, where two unlikely farmers sit down to kibitz about life, farming, and food in a a rural California town. I'm Vanessa Gray. And I'm Cody Nicholson-Stratton. Welcome back! Welcome back, everyone. We're here! We're here two weeks in a row. Wow. I know. Weird. We're getting it together. (laughs) We're trying trying to get it together. (laughs) There's no promises. As it says in the description, this is a quasi-weekly podcast. Quasi-weekly. Quasi-weekly being optimistic. Because we're farmers and farming happens. And Corona happens. Corona happened. We're getting into summer, even though we got some late rain. So we're not. That was nice. Irrigation has been pushed off. That's nice. Quite a while for us. My fruit Um, trees are happy. Yeah. Our fields are growing like crazy. We're. So is all the strangleweed. Yeah. Well, strangleweed. I hate it. It's the bane of my existence. It's the worst. It is. can't stand it. Um, Yeah. So this week we're doing something a little different. Instead of talking about whatever topic it is that strikes our fancy, we're going to talk about the topics that you asked us Let's about. Let's strike your fancy. So we have several questions that people have posed, and rather than answering them in every episode, because there's been so many, we are going to just do an episode of us answering your questions. Woo! So don't skip. Don't hang up. Just listen. <laughs> and if Especially you if you asked a question. Yeah. And if you have any questions, shoot them to us. And hopefully we can answer them in a timely manner. Hopefully. This is, yeah, this, this is one not isn't timely. very timely. We've but had these questions for a while. We've had them for a hot second. Yes. <laughs> All right. First awesome. question. <clears throat> I, I don't know who any of these are from because I don't remember. Okay. So the first question was. What you'll know food... if you asked it. Yeah, you'll know. We don't need to tell you. You know who you are. <laughs> you know who you are. That's not our problem. <laughs> yeah, that's not our job. <laughs> I don't need to remember who you We're are. We're just answering questions. We're just answering questions. And this is not to say that we have the right answer. I know. This is just our We could be answer. completely incorrect. So. The first question was, what breed of chicken should somebody get for a backyard flock? And that's all very personal, right? Yeah. Like, it's all individual. So, um, for one, I think it depends on how much space you have. It depends on how many chickens you want, how many eggs you need. So, there's other questions that go along with yeah. this question. So, um, I have lots of different breeds. Um, if you really want to get, say, more bang for your buck, then go with a production type. Yeah, like a sex link or yeah, sex a production link. red, a leghorn, yep. California gray. Yeah. Uh, what I have right now are called cinnamon queens, and they are hybrid chicken. And they go under other names, too. I think cinnamon queen is the name of the one at Cackle Hatchery. Okay. And so they lay over 400 eggs. Not oh, 400 eggs. That's, let's say that's more than That's more days egg. than there is. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think it was like 300 eggs, like okay. over 300 which eggs, really which is a really nice... Return. That's a really nice amount yeah. of eggs for a chicken. I think we chicken. assume about 280 Yeah. Pasture no, I think that this year. one was, um, it was over 300. And so they're really productive and fantastic. If you want like prettier plumage, there's beautiful Wyandots. Um, it just depends on what you're going for. Yeah. If you're going for eggs, sex links are great. Yeah. Yeah. Americanas throw some green and blue oh, eggs Oh yeah. In you there. want some blue ones. They're pretty. Easter eggers. Also, you can just go to a feed store and, and see just what they have. See what they have, and pick the cute ones, and they're all go cute. with it. They're all cute, but pick the one. Look at the pictures of what yeah. they're going to look like as adults. And, and then there is a way for you to look at um, like temperament and stuff like that too. Yeah, there's charts. like the environment kind of matters. Yeah, there's some that do better in cold, some that better in hot. So it's really just a matter of a personal taste. Yeah, and if you're in a cold climate, things like Chanticleers are great. Yeah. They lay through winter. They don't they have do. and a that's lot a of Canadian breed. Blood. Yeah, yeah, and so they don't have like large combs or wattles, so they don't get frostbite. Yeah, um, buff guys are the same. So it kind of depends on what your climate's like, and if you want someplace yeah. real hot, get to like a Mediterranean breed, like a Menorca or an Andalusian. Yeah. So. There's a, chicken. There's a chicken for everything. There's a chicken for everyone. Yes. Look at the Murray McMurray catalog. Oh, my You'll gosh. You'll find them. All right. Next question is, oh, this was a good one. 
what's our favorite animal to raise and why? And what's our least favorite? Hmm, let me think about that one. Chickens! 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 Um, I love raising chickens. I don't have a whole lot of space, and I seriously fill it with chickens. Um, I also like raising pigs. Uh, I like chickens just because they're fun to look at. They're they're useful. I can eat their eggs. I can eat their meat. Pigs are very fun pigs and tasty. Yeah. And so, and but my least favorite right now are my cats. I don't know why I decided I ever needed five or six cats. You kind of got crazy on that cat. I got crazy on the cat front, and so and that's the thing is like I don't waste my time with animals that I don't like. I don't, you know, I'm pretty selective. They do, and they eat rats and mice, and I love it. But right now they're shitting in all my garden beds, and it's making me crazy. And um, I don't think I need five. No, that seems like a little extreme. Plus the males, even though they're fixed, spray in Brian's garage, and so every every weekend he's always like, "Why is there cat shit? What's happening?" So I was gonna sell some and he was or not sell some but like find new homes for them and um he says no because oh. he's really a big softy yeah he will yeah but, yeah he loves the cats but so but, cats. but too, many. too many i don't need five that many. Too many we have one for our whole farm yeah yeah i have five fine. that's <laughs> crazy good. um so my favorite is going to be the cows yay um, mostly because like i love the sheep the sheep are awesome uh, the rabbits are cool, but the cows just have so much history. You know, our family's been raising the same herd of jerseys for almost 100 years. So there's just like multiple generations of work that have gone into them. And so for me, there's like a lot of sentimentality. In and they're really the curious. Cows. They're really curious. They're, I mean, they're beautiful. They're fun to work with. They're also kind of saucy. Like jerseys. are <laughs> kind of spicy. Jerseys are spicy. They got an attitude. <laughs> yeah, like, those ladies are crazy. Those are like big and just kind of like. Lurpy. Yeah, whatever, kind of dopey. But jerseys are like, they're going to run you over and then they're going to look <laughs> back and make sure they did damage. And if they didn't, they're going to come back and like either stomp on you or kick you while you're down. Yeah, and they'll like, be like, mm, and then stay they'll down. like saunter off like, <laughs> I got him this time. Uh, my least favorite is the goats. The goats! The go- <laughs> those glitzy goats. Yeah, the goats. I have had enough of these goats. Um, escape artists. They are escape artists. So while they were on the island, they went missing for like a solid week. I don't know if we talked about this before. I think I, we did, but it didn't get aired. I can't remember what happened. I know. That's how why these, I feel like these are all crazy all yeah, the time because I don't remember what we talked I about. I don't remember either. We talked to each other so much. Yeah. So the goats got out. They were supposed to be working on the island. I made an extreme error in judgment in believing that a hedgerow would keep the goats in. <laughs> by hedgerow, I mean it was like a huge section of brush, like bramble. Like bramble. So they just chewed their way through, got out on the river bar, and were gone for like a week. And the island... It's like, explain how big it is. It's like 500 acres yeah. or 400 acres. Our portion of it is like 150 acres. So they're just gone. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm never going to find these goats again. Like I was looking for them. And part of him there. was happy. Part of me was happy. <laughs> but part of me is also like, all right, we need to go and like purge all of our social media. Take, get rid of any picture <laughs> of these goats before. I just need to like deny it. Like Because strong... some of the island is fishing game and fishing you can't game, have yeah. livestock. And then I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to be over there. Like, what if yeah. they're eating the trees? What if they're... So I'm just like, we've got to purge this. we got to... Like, <laughs> we didn't I'm, have any goats. We never had any goats. I don't know what goats <laughs> you're talking about. Someone was turned them loose. Well, then the goats shut back up and they're just like, oh, hey, we love you. We found you. So that was cool. I had them. I put them in the bar. I'm like, all right, I'll come back. They'll graze this little area. I'll come back and get them. Very next day, go over there. They are gone. Like, they have like found a hole in the barn. They've gotten out. And I was like, this is it. Like, I am done. They're going to the auction tomorrow. And I go to the river bar and they like call them and they're just like, oh, hi, we love you. And they trot back. So I was like, all right, I'll take them home. Yeah. One more chance. And I thought like, oh, I'll just. It's like you're in an abusive relationship. It is. It is. (laughs) These goats are abusive. They're wearing you down. They're wearing me down. So I thought like, oh, we'll just graze next to the house because it's too tall for the broilers. 
which worked fine until like one goat figured out they could run under it really fast, not get shocked by the electronets. And he was just like cruising around the dairy. Now they're up on the hill. They were up on the hill for two days and they got out and I get a text message from the landlord who owns the place where we like rent for our sheep up there. And he's like, oh, the goats are. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> That's not surprising. Like, and he was like, oh, they're funny. They're cute. They came and got pets. Like they're fine. I was just like, <sighs> good thing people like goats. So now they're on the field and they're not escaping. And I good. think it's goat proof, but also water can get through the fence. So it may not be goat proof. Yeah. So I don't know. They can just shimmy right through shimmy it. shimmy right through. Just float on through. I have no idea. The goats are my least favorite animal right now. I could see that. They've caused a lot of stress. <laughs> on top of everything. Because that's the thing. Like, not everything stops just because you got to go look no, for goats. No, no. That's the thing. Like, when I... That was my problem. Like, I am spending hours hiking around. Tom is putting the drone up and flying the drone over the <laughs> island. Looking for these stupid goats. We have other shit to do. Yeah, like, my day busy. has not ended. Yeah. I still have everything else I have to do <laughs> in my day. So now we know that bramble fences don't work with don't goats. Don't work with goats. Sheep. That's totally the reason fine. why you have goats, to eat the brambles. Eat the bramble. But I didn't think they just tunnel <laughs> through. I thought it'd be like, they go clear it back towards the fence. Not just like, shh, like, you know, hold through and be out. We're done. Yeah. So the goats are a problem. The goats are a problem. The All right. Next question next was question. about whether or not we sell raw milk. Ooh, that's a hot topic. That is a hot topic. I'm not going to dive into. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole thing. I will just say Mm. it is not legal in our county to sell raw milk. There is a certain amount. And by certain amount, I mean a lot of liability associated with selling raw milk. And that's not something we're willing to take on. And so, no, we do not sell raw milk under any circumstance. So. That's an easy answer. That's an easy That's one. an easy... Without diverging without into diverging all of the craziness. Into, yeah. What was going on? All right. So this is an old question, but we can kind of tie it into okay. what's going on. It was, why is milk being dumped? Oh, yeah. Which is kind of... I hope that this has kind of been answered since then I for think some people. Really but we can, you can so. still talk but about it. We can also it. kind of talk about why... Um, why we're seeing a meat shortage. I yeah. think it ties into that. Or yeah. like the idea of a meat shortage. So... I will say Tyson lost their collective shit <laughs> and the New York times and the Washington post, but they sent this thing. out. was like the food system's collapsing. Everyone's not going to have whatever. We need money. That was a dick move. Yeah. I feel like they were just trying to get whatever. Yeah. They were. Yeah. From they the had government. their, they had their reason. Um, the food system, you're not going to run out of meat. You weren't going to run out of milk. The reason that you were seeing this has to do with the supply chain. And the fact that the way our, our system is set our up. system is set up, and the fact that we really saw a shift from food that was going to food service into retail, and that required all of those systems to kind of pivot. And we've done a really good job, like as an industry, of pivoting into food service. Rumiano cheese, only a small percentage of their cheese went to food service, and they were able to like change how they packaged it and send it into retail and open up new retail outlets. But in a lot of cases, they're not small local processors like yeah. Rumiano who can really just work within their community. Well, you got to think there's these big the, manufacturers these that have these huge, huge production lines and they have gigantic bags of sour cream Yeah, you and know, they can only make so many little tubs. Little tubs. And if you're making, if you're packaging five gallon buckets of sour cream, that's not usable at home. And <laughs> yeah. so you can only run a sour <laughs> cream line. You just run a little like, co-op and I, everybody splits the splits bucket. It up. Yeah. So you can only <laughs> use like, they can only produce so many little tubs. And so that was where that hang up was, which yeah. it was just like the system wasn't designed for it. No. We're seeing the same thing with lamb, which is why superior is having issues. And they've changed like, you know, they've 
cut a lot of their contracts because like midsections and racks really aren't something people cook at home. They go to, to restaurants. Restaurant. Well, restaurants aren't open. Lamb is not super great takeout. And so <laughs> um, now... Unless you can get a nice curry or something. Yeah, right? So now you have this huge inventory of racks and midsections of lamb that are just being held and there's nowhere for them to go. So you can't really keep processing yeah. lambs because you end up with more cuts that you can't sell that are just sitting in your freezers. Yeah. And so it really just threw our whole food system into kind of a hangup. The important thing as a consumer is the industry is getting food there. There's plenty of food being produced. Um, Find a local producer. Yeah. If you can shop If you local, have that in your area. Do. Like really work with local farms if you can. Look for your local processors. And also just be open to the fact that you might not get the cut of meat you're used to, no. but there's going to be cuts of meat there. So there will be meat. It, there will be meat. It's just, you might have to get a bone in thing. You might be buying a brisket. And then kind of support, you know, that's the healthier system anyway. Yeah. Right. Using Having everything kind of local instead of just one central meat packing plant for well, like a quarter of the United States oh, or wait, whatever. Anytime, you know, we know in natural systems that a diverse system is a healthy system yep. and it's resilient. And when things are really consolidated, they are not because all it takes is one hiccup to happen and it throws everything in out of whack. Like Corona. Like Corona. So we know that like we have a lot of smaller or medium scale processors or processors at like every level. It makes the system way more resilient. Yeah. And so there's going to be food. That's what happened. Support your local farmers. All right. And on that note, someone wanted to know why we don't do farmers markets. Oh, why don't we do farmer's markets? So I, I don't have, you know, like I really have a certain amount of chickens and I already have people that buy all my eggs. Like if it was a thing where I needed to get rid of a bunch of eggs, I totally would do farmer's markets. Um, anything that I grow that's edible, I don't really have a lot of it to go and sell. Yeah. So um, and then I think I might, I don't know, I could maybe do chicken at the farmer's market, but I feel like it's already like where we live. There's a lot of local farmers. There's a lot of meat producers. There's a lot of people already filling those gaps at our farmers markets. Yeah, and I'm gonna let them keep doing it. Yeah, that's my thing. Like I feel like I'll let them do it. Like Shake Fork <clears throat> and Sarvinsky's, oh, yeah. they do a great yeah. job. Um, you know, there's farms that are already at the farmers markets. They offer everything we would do. Yeah. They're like that's their niche. They already got it. That's not the niche. That's not the role we fill. Like no. we do grass fed meat. And we're selling, you know, direct to consumer, pick up on the farm, like come see the farm or get delivery. And really our thing, like where our business is going, where we were planning on is shipping. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're doing. Like we ship meats. And so. And farmers are, that's an all day thing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really like that's a, thing. Like, a chore. That's the chore. Like yeah. for me, it's much easier to say like I ship meat on Monday. Like yeah. I go in the morning, we pick up the dry ice, we pack everything. We know exactly like we have the list of meats. Like we know what boxes are going out. All the labels are printed. The boxes are lined up. We fill them. We put the dry ice in, load them up, take them, drop them off at the shop where they get shipped from, and then, like, that's it. That's it. And I only do it one day a week. Like, if you order from us, you're only getting something shipped on a Monday. Yeah. And farmer's markets, like, to make a farmer's market work, you have to do multiple of them. And we have them very spread out. They're very spread out. They are all day. Yeah. It's an all-day thing to pick and pack yeah. and get ready and then be there all day and then come home and unload and put everything back that's just i don't have that kind of time and i yeah i really don't have that kind of like inventory or whatever no, i don't have that much to get rid of hey um, yeah i mean unless your model is built for that like you know i've heard there's so many farmers markets where you don't make money yeah and so like you have to kind of get into like crummy farmers markets not to say that the farmer <laughs> market <laughs> sucks but <laughs> like ones where aren't gonna be super profitable to like move up into the better ones usually yeah. And I don't have that kind of 
no. time in my day. So. But I shop at farmers markets. Oh, I love, I love a farmers I love market. A farmers I love market. it. I want like all I want to do is go to farmers market. I love it. Look at things. It's so fun. It's like it a out. festival type atmosphere. I haven't been yet because I know that we have them open here and they they're are. doing distancing and they're doing yeah, all these it's special the, things. It's probably not going to be the we same. We a CSA. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So we, we have our own garden, but we also want to support um, Fair Curve here in town. Oh, no, so they're we bought, awesome. We bought a CSA from them. Oh, that's and nice. And so we're getting like a weekly delivery, and that's great. Um, but yeah, I'm Perfect. just not not into the the farmer's market scene is not my not my jam. It's, no, I don't feel like that's something I want to do a whole lot of this year. No, I, I, or any year. We've never been into it. So my husband managed. No, I mean sh- shopping. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like selling, no, no. I'm good. My husband managed some. Tom managed a few when he lived yeah. in Denver and in Eastern Oregon. He was like, Oh, he's that guy. He's that guy. So. Oh, I bet he loved that. Oh, he totally loved it. But yeah, like, like, I could just see him. But I had a hot minute where I was like, let's do farmer's markets when we first like started like the Foggy Bottoms Boys yeah. thing. And he was like, no. No, <laughs> no you don't <laughs> want was, any part of that. This is one time that I was the dreamer and he was like the <laughs> yeah, pisser on like, our no. dreams. He was like, no, no, it's no. It's not no, going to no. work how you think it is. You're not going to do that. Mm-mm. So, all right. So the next question. <clears throat> yes. Kind of going off of this. Okay. Is... If you're going to do urban farming, what kind of animal should you raise in your backyard? And I know what I would say. For me, all right, you for go me. first. Okay, so for me, animal, I would go rabbits all the way. Rabbits they're are rabbits. tasty. They're tasty. They're very efficient. They're easy to harvest yourself. Um, and they don't take a lot of space because you can put them in cages. You know, they do really well. They actually are better off being raised in cages. Um Rabbits naturally control their population through pasturella and coccidiosis. And so when they're running around, they're kind of just spreading that. And coxy, like that's a protozoa, it blooms pretty quickly. So you really have to move them like every 12 to 24 hours to stay ahead of it. Um, I had a, built a commercial organic rabbit tree when I worked for a previous company before I moved home. And it was just a hot mess. It worked. We finally got it figured out. But <laughs> there's a reason we don't do that here and yeah. we keep them in a barn in cages. We do pasture finish some fryers on our front lawn, but I can move their little house like every day. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard when they have babies because they're not okay with you messing with them when no, they they're have babies. Mean. They'll eat their babies and they'll so keep <laughs> them in they're cages. Tasty. Yeah. And little nuggets. <laughs> little tasty nuggets. <laughs> nuggets. Um, but no, so you just keep them in cages. You can grass finish on your lawn and either like your fryers as long as you can build a cage that they won't get out of but otherwise like rabbits are just rabbits so are efficient it's really why like we encourage them in um developing countries and places that are disadvantaged because it's just like a food stock protein that you can grow on, on grass of, on grass like on grass and like i mean there's here we have the benefit of there's pellets that are yeah. a complete diet for them but you can literally in like other places they can just gather forage off the sides of the road and feed it to rabbits and they produce so much protein and quickly and quickly so i always say rabbit go rabbits and any recipe you can cook for a chicken with you can substitute rabbit oh in yeah for, so bonitos bonitos i seriously yeah. every time make burritos so my thing is go with rabbits i would say go with rabbits too and um you know you could do chickens but it just depends on where you're at how much space you have yeah and rabbits and you, aren't gonna upset your neighbors no they're not and they don't smell they might be sad that you're going to eat them. They might be sad that you're going to eat them. But, but I think rabbits not. is the good. That's the obvious choice on that. Yeah. But I did um, meet that lady that she has rabbits that um, it's like a, an American breed oh, yeah. that used to be. And she says are really nice. The does are all friendly. She lets them touch the babies. And then the New Zealand ones were the grumpy ones that they were mean moms. Kind of, depending. Yeah. They can be kind of rough. So do American rabbits. Do American. And eat the babies. There's, ra- there's Americans and there's American chinchillas. There's really cool heritage yeah. breeds of rabbits. So they were huge. Fall, fall into the rabbit, 
the rabbit world. Oh my god, the rabbit hole. Ha ha, down the rabbit hole. Yeah, do it. And you'll find out they're not all white rabbits. No. It was yeah. she had some pretty cool shit lion heads and stuff too. Oh yeah. So, so like cool she things. has, you know, and you can tell she was into it. She was like a rabbit lady. Rabbit? A lady. rabbit lady. Rabbit lady. Like a chicken lady, but with bunnies. She, but she had chickens too. Oh, but then okay. she really was into the rabbits and the breeding. You could tell. She was like, oh, this is this. And then I'm going to do this. I'm like, oh, cool. Cool. I just yeah. want to eat them. All right. Our next question could be related to rabbits, but okay. it's probably more likely sheep. It's about wool. What should they do with their wool? How do you get it spun? So this is a question I guess for more for me. Do it. Um, really, it's going to depend on what kind of wool you have. We have our spun into yarn. Um, we do a variety of yarns. We prefer to do a worsted or a bulky, which are bigger, so it takes more fiber like to get a skein of it. But if someone's knitting with it, it's a faster project, so they can come back and buy more yarn sooner. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, it's tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky. If you're doing like a lace weight, they're going to be working on some lace piece for months. <laughs> yeah, and they're, they're not, not going to need more yarn. Buy. Yeah, so... Um, and we do, you know, our we raise Rommeldales, so it's a soft, um, a fine wool fleece. So it's good for next to skin use, so they can kind of use it for anything. But like, I have some beautiful sweaters that are actually made yeah. with these guys' wool. My friend, um, Denise. Shout out to Denise. Yay, she does Denise. wonderful work. Does and um, work. maybe we'll post some pictures of these sweaters. They're just, and they're fantastic. I wear them all the time well, yeah. when it's not when hot. Not hot, yeah. Um, so it's just a matter of, like, what you have, what kind of breed you have. You know, if it's a coarser fleece, you can do dryer balls with it. We'd use our kind of our second rate fleeces that aren't good enough for yarn for dryer balls um you know we have blankets made too it just kind of depends on what you have and then you gotta find a mill and the mill will kind of guide you and say like this is what's best this is the kind of yeah. yarn or this is the services we offer this is the services we offer you know how many ply do you want what gauge yarn i mean it's super crazy so <laughs> yeah, but- they'll help you down that path so just clean up your fleeces skirt out all the poopy stuff <laughs> yeah, just get clean all your the fleeces. like Get all the twigs and sticks out of it. Find a mill that's good. That you talk to them, feel comfortable with them, ship it to them, and then they'll kind of help you get through it. So that is my recommendation on fiber, Woo! which is to say, not a whole lot because it's really dependent on what you <laughs> yeah. got. It's just all personal preference. <laughs> all personal preference, and I can't tell you without looking at a fleece. Yeah. All right. The last question. Last question. How do we eat something that we raised? Does that make us feel bad? Um, I'll answer this one first because I think you have a really good response to this. But um, I personally don't feel bad. I think nope. that my animals have a very happy life um, and I'm raising them for that purpose. Like out the gate, I know why I have that pig. Exactly. My kids know why I have that pig. Granted, it's getting harder for Brian <laughs> on the on the last oh, day. Yeah. And I'll say that um, Digger was the last pig we did. And he had the best day of his life. Oh, he had a great day. We, we just, he had this like smorgasbord of food. He had a bath. It was sunny. He was like sniffing the flowers. And it was like he didn't even know it was coming. Nope. And it was over. And um, I don't mind. I know that my animals have a good life. And I raise them for that purpose. And I also do it <clears throat> because I want to eat good meat. I want my family exactly. to eat good meat. And so I don't feel bad about that. No. So I don't feel bad about it. Um, the way I look at it, and I think... This is an important thing to keep in mind is that in order to eat for any of us, whatever we are, whether we're carnivore, omnivore, vegetarian, vegan, something has to die. Whether it's a plant, whether it's, you know, if we're even if you're a vegan and you're eating, you know, for someone to grow uh, lettuce, they're going to have to use some sort of pesticide. So something is going to die in the process. And so 
when I look at animals, like, yes, they're charismatic megafauna. They're cute. We like them, so we feel more emotionally attached to them. than Because they have a face. Because they have a face than a slug. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, it's all life. Yeah. Um, and so what really matters is that it led a good life and it had a painless death. Yeah. And we owe them that. And they should have a healthy life that was low stress, that was good. And then when it's their time, they need to have, like, they should have an in-purpose, which they are. They're moving on in the food chain. They're providing energy to the next tier, which would be us in this case. And that in needs to be painless. It needs to be low stress. Um, and so I look at it that way. Like, I, I care about how my meat is raised. And so I don't keep kosher in the, like, kosher sense of the term where it's, you know, they have to be harvested by a shulchet and they're, like, all done that way. But I do care, like, for me, that a lot of that has to do with this tenet that um, you're not supposed to inflict undue pain. It's called shabalachayim. And so I look at it from that angle that maybe I'm not buying kosher beef, but I am going to buy beef that is raised in humane. a system that I believe in, that's humane, and that I know was harvested in a humane way, which anything that's processed at a USDA plant is supervised by a USDA inspector. Um, but I like buying from a smaller plant, meat that comes through a smaller plant, because I feel like there's more time is taken with them. It's less recognized. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's all a matter of, like, believing in the system and believing in what our food choices are and then making decisions based on that yeah. and, you know, respecting the animal. Like, yeah. That's why I think a lot of people, kind of digressing back towards this food supply thing, we hear a lot right now about, like, all these animals are going to be euthanized and, you know, pigs are getting euthanized because there's nowhere for them to go for processing and chickens. And I know a lot of people, um, they feel like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, and I've seen this, people kind of post about this, like, it doesn't matter because they're going to die one way or the other. It's kind of more on the vegan art or animal, yeah. not so much vegan. I want to attack vegans because there's <clears throat> vegans that aren't activists, um, like on the animal rights activists. They're like, well, yeah. what does it matter? You're going to kill them either way. Whether you're going to eat them or bury them. Yeah, whether you're going to eat them or bury them. But there's a huge difference there. From my standpoint as a farmer, the animal, the cow that I have processed is, you know, she's fulfilling a purpose. She's yeah. going on to fill a role. She's feeding people. She's giving something to our community here. An animal that just gets euthanized and buried, like, that's a waste. Like, that's well, yeah. that's not only a waste of, like, the meat and the animal. It's a waste of their life. Uh, like, yeah. their life then serves no purpose. And so I think that's important that we recognize, like, these animals are fulfilling a purpose and they're doing something. So. And so that's why when we rebuild after all this, maybe Hope we don't go back to that huge meat-fulfilling system. So we don't we have to really, euthanize all these animals. Yeah, hopefully we learn something. We can have a little awakening. Work with, help support farmers on multiple scales yeah. and not just drive out small farmers and know that your dollars really do matter they do like they really do and what you choose to support and what you choose to buy really and i really know it's easy for us to say because we come from a place of privilege we live in a very rural place we're able to raise our own food we have the money to buy it um and so i recognize like not everyone can afford not everyone buy. can afford it not everyone can afford what we raise but i think it's important that if we can afford to support local farms like that we invest our money where we believe in yeah and we what we think we is spend important it wisely because every dollar you spend is kind of a vote on how you want your food raised well and it's nice to have that connection back to there's a lot of disconnect between the meat you know like between consumers and where their food comes where from and comes they don't have to see and... that this happens and they don't have to see how they're raised and they don't have to see the torment that these animals go through it's just such a different like people don't recognize understand like what the system is no. anymore 
Um, we're it's so just cheap protein. Separated. Yeah, and cheap protein and already cut up be. at the grocery store. Like, we should recognize, like, it's sh- like, I'm not saying like you shouldn't eat beef. I'm saying you should recognize when you're eating beef yeah. that you are eating a cow. Like, yeah, something's dying. Something has died for that. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, don't make the decision. Well, I'm not going to eat beef because I don't want something to die. So then you go grab an eggplant. If you eat an eggplant, something died <laughs> for that eggplant. Like yeah. you have to recognize like at every stage, no matter what you're eating, something has died. Yeah. And so for you to live, like something else is dying. Yeah. And so that is an important thing to just keep that in mind at every step. Just think about it. Yeah. That's just why I don't eat. That's why I don't eat eggplant. <laughs> no. Uh, that's why I don't eat mass produced yeah, like, commodity crops because no. I have issues with soil yeah no that's a thing um it's a thing it is a thing i there was one more question um that i had gotten i think it was on my facebook page okay it was from isla i'm sorry if i'm butchering your name and she wanted to know if you ever found that honey super oh yes yes Uh, i don't know if you found it but i decided to let it go because i know it's expensive and i know thomas still wants to do bees he still wants to do bees and so i decided i'm just gonna go old school and do that shit myself there you go well and I'm allergic, as we discussed previously, yeah, to bees. That's right. And so they can't be at the house. But we do, we actually have land, um, and every one of our farms, we have multiple properties that we farm on, but we have land set aside for wildlife habitat on every one. And so at the dairy, there is the corners of a few fields that are away from the house that are set aside for um, pollinator habitat, and they're seeded with lupins and all kinds oh, of stuff. Nice. So he can put a hive over there. Beautiful. It's for pollinators already. Yeah. Let him be there. Do it. Do Pollinate. It. So, yeah. Um, but so I'm excited. I got my honey super put on and um, my bees are all doing really good. Nice. I'm excited. All right. Well, and I think that's it. That's it. Do you have a happy ending? <sighs> happy ending. Um, Local meat. Why not local, local meat? Oh, like local everybody meat buy local one. meat. Think about what you're putting in your mouth and think about what you're spending your money on. Nice. Let's put that out into the, put that out into the world. Put it out into the world. Let's have an epiphany on how we're raising our food and local farmers. Woo. Yeah. What's your happy ending? My happy ending is people that post on social media, (laughs) but they're not being all crazy and they actually fact check shit before they post it. What? (laughs) Because I really appreciate that. Does that exist? It does. There's a few people and I really like when they post things and they cite it and you're like, oh, you understand. (laughs) You get it. You get it. (laughs) That's just made me happy. I've seen a few of those recently and I'm like... Thank you. Now let's Thank simmer down here, let's people. Let's simmer down and also like... You flat earthers, now, okay? Yeah, now I can click on the link and be like, oh yes, the CDC did say this. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for oh, posting that's that. that's legit. That's legit. So I just want to talk about my opinions and yell at everybody. <laughs> yell at everybody and it's made me <laughs> feel really good. So I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a nice happy ending. That's been a, it's been a good happy ending for me this week. So. Nice. Good. All right. Well, this has been The Chicken Lady and That Gay Farmer. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can catch me on the social meds at Instagram and Facebook at Foggy Bottoms Boys uh, as our handle. You can send me an email at info at Foggy Bottoms Boys or check out all the stuff we're slinging online oh my God, at slinging FoggyBottomsBoys.com. <laughs> um, I am at uh, www.pajamabottomsfarm.com, and you can find me on Facebook. And uh... You can find our this oh, yeah. podcast, podcast on Facebook as well. Yeah. We might get to making an Instagram, but we're not going to jump in I don't know, yet. but you can um, send more questions. Send more questions. That's what's fun. We will answer them. And Leave reviews. Possibly a more timely manner. Yes, please rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to. Once we get to 25 uh, iTunes reviews, we're going to do something special. Ooh, I'm excited for that. Because I, I don't even know what it is. Uh, it's a I secret. Don't. I'm holding on. Yeah. I'm he hasn't even in. told me. 
So until next time, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your filthy hands. Yeah, filthy hands. Shalom, shalom. Bye.